the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. You're listening to episode 44, and today we are tackling the topic of single motherhood. You'll be listening to my conversation with Jen Buell. Jen is a professional speaker. She's actually a radio DJ for her local Christian station, and she just launched a podcast called Right There With You, hope for Christian single mothers who need to feel encouraged in their faith, energized in their mothering journey, and connected with other single moms. Jen is a jewel and we met each other as interns training under Kathy Lipp, who does Communicator Academy, and I interned for Amy Carroll and Sherry Gregory, who have the Grit and Grace Girls podcast. Two excellent podcasts. I highly recommend them. Shameless plug. But now back to Jen. I noticed Jen is an active part of that online community, and when she launched her website, I said, oh, I've got to get her on to the Practical Family Podcast, because this is a, a niche, if you will, of parenting that isn't often addressed. And I wanted to bring it to light today for the sake of empathy, for the sake of awareness. Those of us who have not found ourselves in that position, but we have good friends who are mothering alone right now. My hope today is to help us to open our eyes to what God is doing in the community, how we can come alongside the single mamas in our life. And single mamas, if you're listening, I pray that this is encouragement for you. Definitely check out Jen Buell's website. We'll have her things in the notes for you to look at at the end. Check out her podcast. But as you listen to the conversation today, just know that God is right there with you. We are all in this together, and the sooner that we can come alongside each other, the better. So listen in on my conversation today with Jen Buell on Understanding Single Motherhood. Jen, I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I, yes, you're welcome. I first met you virtually because we're both part of the Grit and Grace intern team. Sherry and Amy do an incredible job there, and I'm so grateful that you're on this too and that you have speaking experience as well. You have your own podcast, and I've yeah. listened to these episodes, and I'm going, oh, I want to listen to her every day, talk about her story, and so thank you for being on the Practical Family Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad you enjoy my podcast as well. <laughs> well, the reason I brought you on today, Jen, was to help to understand your perspective on what it means to be a single mother. And I understand that your story is quite unique. Do you mind talking about that a little bit so that our audience understands your story? Sure. So um, in 2013, my 42-year-old husband suffered a massive heart attack and died. It was out of the blue. And in an instant, I became a single mom to our four children. We've been married for 20 years. He was a pastor, a staff pastor at a local church and a technical guy. We have four kids. At the time, they were 15, 13 with autism, 11, and 5. Uh, I like to call my youngest our P.S. I love you, baby, because we were done and God laughed, and uh, she's the best kind of surprise. But there I stood, going from being a part-time stay-at-home mom who was married, who believes in the necessity of two parents in a home, that this is how God designed it, to suddenly, I'm a single mom. And it was a shock. It was overwhelming. But I can tell you that God 
was there even in the moment when the doctor told me my husband was gone. From that very first moment, I chose, I trust you, God. I trust you see what I can't. And that helped me take a step into this brand new reality that I never anticipated and never would have chosen. Jen, I, I know most of us cannot cannot imagine that or what we would do or how we would choose to to move on after something like that, you know. Was there anything that you learned to take on or maybe chose to let go of after becoming a single mother, how your paradigm sort of shifted? What changed for you in terms of life choices at that point? Well, God was amazing in the people he sent into my life. And one thing I learned I needed to do was accept help. And that can be a really hard thing for people to do. But I realized there was no way I could do this alone. For example, we lived on the block between the elementary school and the middle school. So our kids had walked, but this was the first year of high school for one of my kids. So when a friend offered to drive him to school so that I could get the rest out the door, I accepted. And that can be a really humbling thing to have to accept help. And this is something that God has taught me over and over again, is that people don't accept help as well as they give it. And that's something we need to shift because we all enter phases where we really could use a helping hand and being able to ask for it and accepting it is a really gracious and wise thing to be able to do. What do you think makes it difficult about accepting help? I actually read something from Brene Brown that said it's pride and that hit me wrong because mm. you're thinking, no, 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 I'm, I'm not prideful. I'm just, I just like to give. Mm -hmm. And really it does come down to, if you look at it, you think this other person should accept help, but you don't need it. There's a pride in there that I could do this on my own. I don't need anyone. Mm. And being a single mom I need help. I need help in a lot of different fronts in a lot of different ways. And it has been so graciously offered to me and my kids. And that's helped me walk into this new reality. Now, as you've gotten used to, you know, life on your own, given going through the grieving process and all of that, I'm sure you had many wonderful friends, family come around you in that time. But after the dust sort of settled and you were getting used to the new normal of single motherhood. Did you experience a reaction from people, something that you didn't expect about the life of a single mother at that point? Well, I think I had a little bit of awakening in my own heart and a little bit of humbling from God that for years, I kind of had this attitude about single moms that other than widows, um, they'd made bad life choices, obviously, or they wouldn't have ended up this way. Mm -hmm. There was a judgmental heart that I had that was really ugly. I mean, it was really ugly and I didn't realize I even had it. I never would have vocalized that, but there was this defensiveness when I would go to someplace new that I would make sure to say that I was a widowed mom, not just to explain my situation, but kind of as a defense as, see, I didn't do anything wrong. And especially going to a brand new church and introducing my kids to a new youth group. Because like I said, my husband was a staff pastor and it was just too painful to go back to that church. It wasn't as good a fit for us. So when we changed churches, having that kind of feeling of, well, I have to explain this. I have to make sure people understand I didn't mess up. And God has been at work in my heart to make me really come to realize that as the church, I think we need to see that single moms are single for a lot of reasons, by choice or by chance, by death or by divorce. 
I think why they're single matters far less than the fact that one person is doing the job God designed for two to try to raise children well, and they need all the support and encouragement we can give them not judgment for how these circumstances ended up this way. I love that. I love that. How they ended up that way matters far less than the fact that they are doing the job of two people. That is powerful, Jen. That is powerful. That is one of the things. Actually, my next question was, what do you think the Christian community understood more about single mothers? And I think that has to be there on top of that list, for sure. I think it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there is... Churches celebrate families, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, we have daddy-daughter events and mother-son events and daddy camping trips and all of these things. But then there's the single mom that doesn't know, is she welcome? Is she welcome to come step into this place? Or the single dad, how does he handle this and navigate this? I think a great gentle reminder for churches would be to remember that when you plan these family events, make sure that there is some kind of invitation for all kinds of families to know that they are also welcome. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that I wish Christian people knew is that when they offer this love and support, it needs to be specific. One of the least helpful phrases I learned as I walked this process of handling grief and then handling single motherhood, the least helpful sentence is, if you ever need anything, let me know. Yep. <laughs> and people mean well. Don't get me wrong. When you say that, and I had said that to people before, I really meant, I don't know what to do. So, you know, just let me know what you need. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Are you the person I can call when I have to have one kid at the doctor and one kid picked up somewhere? Or are you the person I can call when I don't know how to clean my gutters? Mm-hmm. Are you, I don't know what your skill set is. Some of the most practical help I got from people was specific. The woman who handed me her number and said, please remember my husband's a plumber. If you have a plumbing emergency, where are your people to call? Excellent. Love or it. Or my friend that's uh, good with numbers who grabbed my arm and said, honey, please tell me you're not one of those women that doesn't know how to balance a checkbook. And I'm like, no, I know how to do that, but I'm not good at it. So every now and then she helps me unsnarl the mess that I've made of my checkbook. And that's her jam. She's really good with numbers. But those kind of specific ways to help someone are so important. Um, Another idea is to offer to be a single mom's emergency person. A few months ago, I needed an emergency CAT scan in the middle of a school day. Everything turned out to be fine. But the panic that set in of all the places I needed to be after school, it was so awesome to know I had several people I could call and say, could you get this kid? Can you take this one here? I had people I could reach out to. Being that kind of specific help is amazing for moms. And the last thing I would say would be awesome for the Christian community. No, single moms need support taking care of themselves. It is filled with a lot of guilt when they make resources for it or when someone gives them a gift. I blogged about this a few months ago um, and I called it, and this is why I can't have nice things. I was using a (laughs) gift certificate someone had given me for a massage, but the whole first half of the massage, I was wracked with guilt that if I talked about this, I needed to explain that it was a gift because otherwise what would the person think who gave the anonymous gift for my daughter's braces or the person that gave my kid a scholarship to kids camp? What would they think? Mm. And so letting single moms know it's okay to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. It's okay for the occasional treat. And that doesn't mean that they still don't need help on a big scale. There's a balance there. It sounds like 
the encouragement as well not to have to be apologetic about these things because you've mentioned a couple times that I felt like I needed to explain. Yes. Now, now, how would you say that to a single mom? There's no need to explain or just accept the gift and be blessed? Or how would you explain that to her when she's trying to figure out what are other people thinking of my situation? We live in a society where we really care about what other people think. I mean, you just need to open whichever is your flavor of social media to see that. Mm -hmm. We feel like we need to brag about our successes and we need to hide our failures. And I think being honest about the struggles that we have is an okay thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe that's a good reminder to the single mom that she doesn't have to feel ashamed that she's taking care of herself. Yeah, I shouldn't be buying myself a Gucci bag and not buying my kids groceries. There's absolute balance and logic to be used there. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, taking my kids out for Sonic slushies happy hour that's five bucks is an okay thing to do because we connect as a family and it's a little splurge. And, and not feeling any guilt when you do that or feeling like you have to tell the world, this is why I have this. Mm. It's none of their business. That's right. <laughs> I mean, really? plain and simple. It's, it's even hard for me to say that too, because yeah, I do care about what people think. And especially when you're in front of a, um, on social media and your presence, like, like yourself, you're a communicator now and, and your whole message is to help to encourage mothers. But when you have yeah. to put yourself out there in front of more people, there's always the, the possibility of scrutiny on, on any level. And this is what we encourage each other in as well right. as communicators that, you know what, there will be those people, there will be those naysayers, those hecklers, just keep on keeping on sister and own exactly. who you are. <laughs> yes. So, how, be how, wise with what you choose to do, but mm -hmm. also don't worry so much about what people think. You do have to kind of get a little bit of a tough skin. Mm, true. Now, let's kind of shift over to the the actual family dynamic then. I mean, because there's the outside world, there, there are the helpers, there are the people that enter your space to be able to help you to do family life. But then when you're actually just you and your kids, and then in your case, your husband being there and then no longer, or some mothers who've never had daddy in the picture. Right. Do you think there are any obstacles that keep women from believing that they are enough for their children? Absolutely. And one of the biggest is, again, social media. Hmm. Someone pointed out so beautifully a few years ago that I read, and I can't even remember where I read it, so I'm sorry if you're listening and it was your beautiful <laughs> advice, but it was that on social media, we compare our worst to someone else's best. Mm -hmm. And that increases our sense of isolation and our feeling that we are not enough. This week, my friend Kathy Lip, she's a speaker and author. She posted on her Facebook page a video for a lunchbox hack was what it was called. That was insane with its details. Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, I did. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh no, I, nobody had time for that to quote another <laughs> Like no, <laughs> it was to make a, a tic-tac-toe board out of nine little Tupperware containers for your child with different things in each container and then to cut cucumber slices into O's and to cut the cheese slices into X's. And, and it went on with other ideas like this. I mean, seriously, my comment on it was, and this is why more women are drinking wine. <laughs> I mean, that kind of pressure, who has time for that? Yeah. And yet we hold that up as, oh my goodness. 
uh, I'm not doing that. Am I failing as a mom if I'm not doing that? We believe somehow that if we are not making every moment a special occasion, a Pinterest worthy thing, that we are somehow failing. And some of us are barely treading water just to feed and clothe them and get them out the door. Mm -hmm. So letting go of unrealistic expectations, I think, is key for moms. Uh, There was a great post I saw on a page called Grown and Flown that I follow on Facebook because it's about um, college-age kids or high school-age kids, and I've got some of those too. What's funny is it was showing the orientation slide at a college where it listed what parents today feel like they have to do. And it was this huge paragraph of how we have to meet all of their psychological needs and their self-esteem, and we have to make them this and organic this, and we have to do this. And and then every other generation of parents, make sure they don't die. <laughs> that was pretty much it. But our generation feels like, you know, we need marching bands at their birthday party when they're two. And we need to let go of some of those unrealistic expectations or we will lose our ever-loving minds. Yep. Speaking of social media influencing the things that we do, the things we choose not to do, it's incredible. And I think we have to remember to what all of this information highway means. You know, we've become so globalized because of the internet. And if we could just step back and look at the fact that this was not normal life 20 years ago. And yes, we're, we're not, we don't seem to be going backwards anytime soon. So yes, adapting and getting used to using technology is one thing, but living our life based on what we see every day and what comes in what messages we choose to allow to come into our minds, not just our kids, you know, keeping them off the internet and, you know, things like that. But what we choose to take in and put out, how, is there anything that you've, you've sort of tried to develop as a filter for your own life, Jen, as a, as a single mom, or is there something that you have to remind yourself when you feel bombarded by these messages to be one way or to do more as a mom? Uh, I saw a meme a few years ago that said, be gentle with yourself. You're doing the best that you can. Mm. And I think when I start to feel overwhelmed by the fact that I'm not doing enough, which is something I do wrestle with a lot. I'm a recovering perfectionist, Mm -hmm. just like uh, grit and grace girls talks about. But to remind myself, I need to be gentle. I need to give myself the grace that I would offer a friend and that I don't need to hold myself up to those unrealistic standards. I think that's what I need to keep coming back to. God never asked us to be perfect. He asks mm-hmm. us to trust him, to do the best that we can, and to trust him for what we can't. Mm-hmm. And keeping that in mind, I think, helps combat some of that. Mm-hmm. But it's often a wake-up call because you're right. We get pulled down towards kind of a whirlpool of the perfection and what we should look like, what we should be doing. And you can be pretty deep in there before it hits you. Oh, wait, no, this isn't real. I don't need to be this. I don't need to do all this. Mm-hmm. Not necessary. So Jen, then what about you? I mean, you lose your husband, getting back to normal life, trying to see toward a future. Do prospects of another romantic relationship pop up for your future? Or do you wrestle with that at all? Absolutely. I, I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person. I like spending time with people. And two years after my husband died, a counselor that was helping my son with his grief asked me this question, like, are are you thinking about dating? And I said, oh, yeah, why do you know somebody? And he laughed (laughs) and he said, you know, you're a strong woman, Jen. 
Um, you don't need a man, but I don't think it would be good for you to be alone. And that was a huge compliment to me because that's really it. I want someone to share life with. I don't need a knight in shining armor to come rescue me, but I want someone to share my life with. And, you know, uh, it's a whole different interview. We could talk about my incredible foray into online dating sites. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, I, I would like at some point to meet yeah. Mr. Right number two and yeah. have someone to spend life with. Sure, sure. Have, have you talked to your kids about that at all? What, what, what do they think? Oh, it's really funny. Um, my youngest, who is now 10, um, it came up in a casual conversation a couple years ago. She's just concerned she'll get to be a flower girl. <laughs> uh, my oldest son, who's now in college, and my oldest daughter, who's 16, and this was, like I said, a couple years ago, both said, that, that makes sense, Mom. You you don't want to be alone, and we're going to grow up and go away. So, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So they're very understanding about that. My son with autism six months ago when it came up in a casual conversation went, it's too soon. Oh, honey. <laughs> and my oldest son laughed and said, Brian, it's, it's been four and a half years. Like, uh, And he went, really? It's been that long? Yeah. Oh. He, he said, I'll have to think about this. So uh, I, I came up with some boundaries that mm. I established from watching others' mistakes, watching people struggle through stuff. And one of those is I have determined that I will not introduce a guy into my kid's life until I'm pretty sure he's the one. Mm. That is a big boundary I'm going to have because my oldest son, actually, we were talking about this and he thanked me for that because growing up, he was best friends with a kid whose mom was a single mom and she would start dating a new guy and introduce them and the kids would start to care about him. And she didn't do anything improper except include them in their daily lives Mm-hmm. And then they would break up and these kids felt like they had lost someone they had come to care about. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I think is really important for Christian single moms to keep in mind. I totally have compassion that I never had before for the moms who make a mistake, especially a sexual mistake. Mm-hmm. I have put in place boundaries that I hope will prevent me from that. But there have been nights when the loneliness is so heavy that I've just wept. Because I want someone to hold me and care for me and find me beautiful and desirable. But I also know that God has a plan and God has a purpose and I want to stick to his way of doing things. But I also have a lot of grace and compassion for the mom that lets that loneliness overwhelm her. Mm, Of course. It's only human, isn't it? Gosh, thank you for sharing that part of it with us, Jen. I mean, it's... It's something that's difficult to tread upon lightly unless you really know and trust that other single mom. And to have a, a space like this, we're talking openly on a podcast, where women can listen and, and the married women can be understanding of their single mom friends. That's one of the hopes that I have for this conversation today is that you know we're able to bring something to light that's not easily brought to light in normal conversation. Or maybe it takes a while to get there, but at least we can have an understanding and an empathy response to situations that we don't understand maybe, you know, or that maybe, maybe some of us may end up in that position someday. We don't know. We don't know. So thank you. I'm currently walking through a different kind of becoming a single mom with a friend whose husband cheated on her. Mm. And what I learned from walking into this from a different perspective of grief is also helping her because that kind of loss is death without a funeral. 
I, I wrote a blog post that I entitled, no one brings a freezer meal when your husband cheats. There's different kind of support that that mom needs. And there's different kind of support that the mom needs who made a ton of mistakes and then found Jesus. So this kind of grace that we need to offer more, I think that is a hallmark of where my heart is coming from since becoming a single mom is all the grace. We've all had situations in life happen and offering grace to each other is essential. Absolutely. Well, I want to definitely recommend your podcast uh, to others. This is such a valuable resource. Yes, this summer I just started podcasting. Yes, and that is a valuable resource because you've already been a communicator in, in other fields. You've worked as a DJ. Um, a radio DJ. I've been doing it for 11 years at a small Christian station that reaches, well, it's a regional Christian station. It reaches up to 300,000 population, so five states. Um, and I, I just intro songs and share stories. And I've shared my story of walking through grief. Like my radio listeners found out the day my husband died because they had to go in and interrupt the broadcasting and share that. And they were gracious with me when I came back to take my time. And But talking through that uh, has reached out to other people because I believe there's power in sharing our stories. When we share what God has done with us, we make him known. We help others. What last message of hope do you have to share with single moms? You can do this. God chose you to do this. I just want to remind single moms, you being a single mom did not surprise God. It may not have been his best plan for you, but we live in a fallen, imperfect world. And the God of the universe knew you would become a single mom and still chose you to mother those kids. He does not make mistakes. You are called, chosen, loved, provided for by the God who loves you and loves those kids. You can do this because of who God is and who he made you to be. You've been listening to my conversation with Jen Buell, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. Listen to her podcast on iTunes. It's called Right There With You. It's for Christian single moms to help you to feel encouraged in your faith, be energized in your mothering journey, and get connected with other single moms. Jen's podcast is simple and easy to listen to, actually. It's only about 10 minutes per episode because she knows that you've got a lot going on. So click on over to jenbuell.com backslash podcast and check out her other blogs and posts and articles and things to help you be encouraged in your journey or to encourage others in theirs. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This has been the Practical Family Podcast, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. I've been hearing a lot lately, actually, very, very encouraged in my own community here in Honolulu, Hawaii, specifically that moms are catching on to this podcast and getting excited, and it's becoming a regular part of their week. So if you would do me a huge favor, if you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, real quick, click on over to iTunes and rate us. If you would leave us a rating, that would help us to get on the radar of other podcast listeners, families looking for um, family encouragement, homeschooling, uh, faith encouragement. 
or just something as simple as telling a friend. You can always share any of our podcast posts from social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Just go ahead and tag your friend and say, hey, I thought of you today. I was listening to this episode and thought you'd really enjoy this. And um, that's just a great way to further the work that God is doing in our lives, in our family's lives, and to help you to grow personally. Thank you for listening. This has been Jennifer Bryant with the Practical Family Podcast, where we are here to encourage you and families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes.